Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. It's called The Rise of the Nuns, the rapid increase in the number of Americans who claim to have no religious beliefs that has taken place in the last decade or so. When Pew's religious landscape study came out in 2015, it showed that the percentage of atheists in America had doubled from 1.6 in 2007 to 3.1 in 2014. Meanwhile, the percentage of agnostics had just about doubled from 2.4 to 4.0. But these terms, agnostic and atheist, are often confused. Let's unpack them. People choose to identify as religiously agnostic for a variety of personal reasons— philosophical, psychological, theological, or even political. But it's not that agnostics are spiritual fence-sitters unwilling to state whether they believe in God or don't. A true agnosticism, it turns out, has nothing to do with belief at all. The term agnosticism was first coined by English biologist Thomas Henry Huxley, who lived in the mid to late 1800s. He was a fierce defender of Charles Darwin against religious critics who accused him of denying God's role in creation. As a scientist, Huxley didn't concern himself with beliefs. He sought after facts, and the fact of any proposition, for example, that God created the vast diversity of nature or that it evolved from natural selection, could only be proven by the evidence. Huxley stated that agnosticism itself wasn't a creed or a set of beliefs, but a principle, namely, quote, that it is wrong for a man to say he is certain of the objective truth of a proposition unless he can produce evidence which logically justifies that certainty. The word itself was a combination of the prefix a, meaning against or opposite, and Gnosticism, which comes from a Greek word meaning knowledge. Gnosticism was a religious movement that flourished in the first and second centuries CE and held that, among other things, the spirit world was good and the material world was evil. And although the principle of agnosticism doesn't exclusively apply to the question of God's existence, you can be agnostic about any proposition, it's been wrapped up in religion since the beginning. Huxley wrote a friend in 1860, I neither affirm nor deny the immortality of man. I see no reason for believing it, but on the other hand, I have no means of disproving it. Give me such evidence as would justify me in believing anything else, and I will believe that. So that's agnosticism, but what about atheism? Atheism, according to its classical definition, is the lack of belief in God. Whether that God is the biblical Judeo-Christian God or some other higher power is a separate issue. The opposite of atheism is theism, the belief that God exists. Atheism and theism are thus both metaphysical claims because they assert an answer to a question about the nature of reality. Agnosticism, on the other hand, doesn't take a position on whether God exists. Instead, it takes a position on whether or not we can know if God exists. This is thus a physical or epistemological question, epistemology being the study of knowledge. Agnosticism claims that we cannot know if God does or does not exist because there's no compelling evidence that either proposition is true. At least, not yet. You might think that agnosticism is nothing more than a handy way to dodge the question of whether you believe in God. Instead of saying yes or no, the agnostic chooses a third position. Neither. But this is where things can get hairy. We spoke with Paul Draper, a professor at Purdue University who specializes in the philosophy of religion. He's witnessed his fair share of arguments between atheists and agnostics. He said, people get so angry about this. The atheists will say, you call yourself an agnostic, but you're really an atheist. And you can see the atheist's point. At face value, it seems there's a razor-thin line between saying, I don't see any evidence that God exists, and I don't believe that God exists. 
But the difference is that you can be an agnostic and an atheist, just as you can be an agnostic and a believing Christian or Buddhist or Muslim. That's because agnosticism, at its core, is separate and unrelated to questions of faith. Let's explain. Agnostics are nearly always lumped together with atheists as a type of non-believer. The Pew Research Center defined religious nuns as being either atheists, agnostics, or not affiliated with any particular religion. But agnosticism isn't itself a belief system. One could believe on faith that God exists, but still ascribe to the agnostic position that God's existence cannot be proven by physical evidence or rational arguments. Such a person would be an agnostic theist. There's even a school of theology called apophatic theology that claims that God is inherently unknowable. Thomas Aquinas, the 13th century philosopher and theologian, wrote, Now we cannot know what God is, but only what God is not. We must therefore consider the ways in which God does not exist, rather than the ways in which God does. According to Pew, 72% of religious nuns, the group that does include atheists and agnostics, do believe in a higher power. However, while it's technically true that you can be both an agnostic and a faithful believer, it's perhaps more common for agnostics to doubt the existence of God as such. Bertrand Russell, the British philosopher and mathematician, wrote a treatise on agnosticism in which he explained why the agnostic and atheist positions often overlap. He said, The agnostic suspends judgment, saying that there are not sufficient grounds either for affirmation or for denial. At the same time, an agnostic may hold that the existence of God, though not impossible, is very improbable. He may even hold it so improbable that it's not worth considering in practice. In that case, he is not far removed from atheism. His attitude may be that which a careful philosopher would have towards the gods of ancient Greece. If I were asked to prove that Zeus and Poseidon and Hera and the rest of the Olympians do not exist, I should be at a loss to find conclusive arguments. An agnostic may think the Christian God as improbable as the Olympians. In that case, he is, for practical purposes, at one with the atheists. As we said at the beginning, the reasons for identifying as agnostic are myriad and different for every person. Draper, who has participated in high-profile debates with Christian philosophers, calls himself a local atheist and global agnostic. He explained, I'm an atheist about the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good God. I'm agnostic about God in a broader sense. Is there some being that qualifies for the title God? There could be such a thing. Today's episode was written by Dave Ruse and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other philosophical topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. (laughs) 